This is Michael Popak, along with my colleague Karen Friedman Ignifolo, Legal AF, reporting on breaking news concerning the sentencing hearing of Alan Weisselberg, former CFO, longtime of the Trump Organization, who cooperated, willingly or not, with the prosecutors in the Trump Organizational Trump Organization criminal trial, resulting in 17 felony convictions for tax evasion and other fraud. Now it's time for him to pay the piper. Uh, the um, deal that was struck by the Manhattan DA's office and Weisselberg was that if he was a good witness, a good boy, he would they would recommend a sentence of five months in Rikers Island, which is a terrible place to spend five months, but five months in jail um, in return for his testimony. Now he's not out of the woods yet, they still could go after Alan Weisselberg for other issues, other fraud. But for right now, today was sentencing day, and our Karen Friedman Agnifilo, a former prosecutor, is not only reporting about it, she was in the courtroom live watching what happened. Karen, tell us about it. We're eating popcorn. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was a packed courtroom. Judge Juan Mershon was presiding over the sentencing. He was the judge at the trial. And it was a, an agreed upon sentence, as you say, which is normally sort of, you know, the judge, the, we recommended a certain amount. This is an agreed upon sentencing and the defendant shows up to court and he just gets sentenced. So it's usually not with any interesting or new information at these agreed upon sentencings when he starts to show when the defendant shows up to be sentenced. But I have to say, I found a few things very, very interesting about what I saw today in court. Tell so, us about that through a prosecutor's eye. Yeah. So, so the way it went down was, as you, as you put it, the um, Alan Weisselberg pled guilty to 15 felonies and he um which is all the charges that were against him that he was charged with he pled guilty to all of them and he needed to testify truthfully about the underlying facts in order to receive uh the promised sentence now a, a small little point was he he um was under a plea agreement which is very different than a cooperation agreement. A cooperation agreement is when you when the prosecution enters into an agreement with somebody that they are going to cooperate and they are going to give information or testify or whatever. This was not that. This was a plea agreement, which is very, very different. A plea agreement means he's just wanted to plead guilty and he wanted to know what is the prosecution going to recommend and what is the judge going to give if he were to plead guilty. And so the plea agreement in this particular case was he, 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 ate the whole indictment, as they say, you know, he pled to the whole indictment, every single charge, and he had a very detailed allocution where he discussed the facts of the case. And here, one, the agreement was that he had to testify truthfully about, in detail, about the facts of the case. And if so, he would receive uh, this sentence that you talked about. Now, um, a small little point is the prosecution actually recommended six months at Rikers and uh, and with, with a probation following that of five years. But they made a pitch to the judge, you know, look, he's 75 years old. You know, he was a t public school teacher. He was a vet, a veteran. 
and who made the pitch, Karen? The prosecutors? The defense? No, the defense the attorney. Defense. The, the right. prosecutor said we'll recommend six months, mm-hmm. and the defense attorney. And this was before when he pled guilty. And this is a, this this came up at trial. So when he pled guilty back in August, I think it was August 18th of 2022, before he testified, he. Um, he made a pitch to the court, look, I know the prosecution's recommending six months with a probation at the back end, but can you please do better? My client's 75 years old. He's not in great health. He was a public servant, you know, a school teacher. He was a veteran and could, and, you know, serving six months as a 25 year old is very different than serving six months as a, as a 75 year old at the notoriously violent and dangerous Rikers Island, right? So the judge heard that and the judge said, okay, you know what i'll give you five months so and and what and just so everybody knows um the way it works in new york is a defendant will serve two-thirds of whatever it is that you get so he's going to serve about a hundred days a little over you know somewhere between three and four months of those five months so you know any amount of time he could get off is is good for him and just to, and just before you before you go on karen just so our people understand they may have seen movie depictions of rikers island but Rikers Island is not club fed. Rikers Island is like, if people have seen the movie Attica, when there was a riot in the Attica prison, Rikers Island, as you said, is a dangerous jungle that's that's not right unless you're a convicted criminal for anybody to be hanging out in for a hundred days. That'll be like dog years. That'll be, that hundred days would be like a thousand days in a cushy, posh, you know, uh, federal, uh, sentence uh, a federal jail. This is a state jail that um, actually they like Guantanamo. They've been act. They've been talking about shutting it down because it's so terrible for years. But go on. Yeah, no, Rikers Island's under a consent decree, uh, a federal consent decree, because it's so. Anyone who wants to know how bad Rikers Island is, just Google, and every mayor has said it needs to be closed down. There are plans to close it down, and it, and the sole stated reason is because it's so broken and terrible. It's a terrible yeah. place. State prison would have been much better. Yep. So he, um, so he, so that that's what he was supposed to do, right? So he goes to court today. And the prosecution stood up and, you know, they said, um, who they from said, the prosecutor? Who was the prosecutor? It was, today? It was Su- Susan Hoffinger, who's the chief of the investigation division. She's a long term, long time criminal defense attorney. She I don't think she'd ever been a prosecutor, actually. And I, I've known her for years and years as a defense attorney. But Alvin Bragg brought her over to work in the office and lead the um, lead the division. And she's excellent. She's she did a great job. And she was she was one of the co-counsel along with Josh Steinglass, who I would who's really a, a serious trial attorney who worked on this case. And so she did the sentencing and, you know, she said that, um, you know, she, she said a couple of things that I found interesting. So first of all, uh, as as the what what he had to do was, first of all, he allocated to the facts. So that means he talked about them in detail. He waived his right to appeal, so he's not going to appeal uh, any of, of this case. And if he does, he's waived any appellate issues that occurred. And that he had to pay back all of his back taxes and penalties uh, to the New York State and New York City tax authorities. So he's still facing federal 
tax evasion, potential charges, by the way. And he, he did not uh, waive, he waived his Fifth Amendment privilege, I should say. So he testified under oath at trial and spoke about all the crimes he committed, and he could still be prosecuted federally for federal tax evasion. Um, and he testified at trial to the underlying facts of the case. I'm just looking at my notes. And he testified for about three days. And the people said, the prosecution said they believe he testified truthfully about the facts and admitted to all the crimes uh, you know, that he, along with others, um, significantly, it was um, Matthew Calamari and I forgot the other guy's name, who uh, he, also, he also implicated, and that the scheme occurred from 2005 to about 2018. Let me ask a question about uh, I want to stay on today's allocution and sentencing. Did did Weisselberg actually stand up and read aloud the facts or did what happened? How does that work? So that was in August, in August Mm -hmm. 18, on August 18th, when he pled guilty, he did have to stand and read the facts aloud and Mm -hmm. and talk about the facts. Uh, And so that was his plea allocution. At sentencing, it's very pro forma. In fact, the only thing Alan Weisselberg said when he had an opportunity to speak, he he basically just said, you know, my my lawyer, uh, you know, I'll tell you what his lawyer said in a minute, but what he said was, you know, the words that my lawyer said, you know, I agree with, but it's been really difficult. You know, that's all Did he you, said. Let me let's get inside the courtroom with you. Did you see Weisselberg, right? Yep. What did he look like? How did he look today? So it was very interesting uh, that, that you asked that question, because the first thing that the defense attorney said was, I'm really sorry that my client is dressed this way. Normally he would wear a suit to court, right? But my client expects to be remanded and to be sent to Rikers Island today. So he was, he looked like he was wearing combat fatigues. Actually, he looked like he was like dressed and ready to go, you know, into this tough place. Uh, so. Obviously, obviously been coached by a consultant about how to survive jail. <laughs> they have those exactly. kind of consultants. Did you could you tell from the audience who was there for him? Family, Trump Organization members, like who was there for him? I honestly didn't see anyone that mm-hmm. I recognized, so mm-hmm. I have no idea. There was a lot of press, and you know there were lots of people in the courtroom. It was packed. There was a bank of cameras on the outside, and so there were there were a lot of people there, but I'm not sure who who it was. Um, and so, so the get, just going back to what the prosecution said during the sentence, because the way it works is the judge comes in and says, you know, Mr. Allen Weisselberg, you're here to uh, be sentenced. Um, you know, during the sentencing, the prosecutor has an opportunity to speak, the defense attorney has a, an opportunity to speak, and you'll have an opportunity to speak, and then I'm going to sentence you. And so, and and as I said, in these types of sentencing where it's agreed upon, there aren't usually a lot of speeches. In fact, the prosecution can sometimes say, you know, what we used to say all the time is, you know, judge, people rely on the promise sentence. That's it. That's all we would say. And But in a case like this, because it's so significant, the prosecution felt, you know, they had to say a lot more. So the other thing they said they made sure to say was Mr. We- Mr. Weisselberg um, testified that he was a high managerial agent, which is an element of the crime. Uh, he all, they also said that he provided benefits, in, and they spelled out what those benefits were to the Trump organization, not just to himself. 
Uh, and and the, the benefits in particular that the prosecution said they relied upon was, for example, uh, the, the Trump organization avoided having to pay Medicaid, Medicare taxes uh, of a higher amount due to these um, bonuses, if you will, or these perks that were given to him, like a free apartment, a free car, private school tuition, you know, since that was all given as perks, they didn't have to pay Medicare taxes on that. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is they, they talked about, you know, they avoided giving what they called uh, grossed up raises. And what that, I, I'd never heard that term before, but grossed up raises are, um, the way it was explained was, let's say they wanted to give him a raise of 200000 in his pocket. Since he would be in a 50% tax bracket, they would have to give him 400000 400000 Sorry. For him to get 200000 yeah. We did so, grossed up a lot in Wall Street. When I worked in Wall Street, grossed up in, in, in executive compensation is common so that they net what they want, but the company pays the tax. Exactly. And so that's that's is a huge benefit to the Trump organization because they don't have to give they don't they're not out of pocket anything right mm -hmm. and on top of that they didn't have to pay things like payroll taxes uh, etc they also said that it was interesting that in 2019 and 2020 after the Trump organization quote unquote cleaned up these practices when you know Trump was president uh, that he that for the first time ever Alan Weisselberg went to Eric Trump and said, give me a raise. He never asked for a raise before because he didn't need one because he was getting all these perks. So he went to Eric Trump, asked for a raise, and Eric gave him a $200,000 raise. So again, right. that's sort of consciousness of guilt, right? That they suddenly do 1, something differently. 1,000%. So, so, I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but let's get, what, what happened? What did the judge do today? So the defense attorney said, so the, so the court, so the prosecution said, therefore, you know, although we recommended a six month split with probation, we recognize that the judge said it would be five months. The defense attorney says, gets up and says, you know, the thing about the clothes and sorry, he's dressed this way. And he specifically said to the court, please judge, you know, Mr. Weisselberg tried really hard to cooperate. He met with the prosecution at least for three full days, even though he wasn't required to, he was only required to testify. He authorized me as the defense attorney to answer any questions the prosecution had about any documents. So please judge, please judge, please judge, give him house arrest, give him anything because he's 75 years old. He has never been arrested before. He was in the military. He's accepted responsibility. He's not a danger to the community. So he, he said, please, 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 please. And, you know, we really want, you know, he's got these, he talked a lot about his grandkids, you know, that his grandkids have been suffering by watching him on TV and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so the defense attorney just at, said, basically, judge, please, we know you went from six months to five months, please go lower. Any day less at Rikers Island, you know, he, he can benefit from. So the court, the judge said, he, he, the judge signaled that he wasn't going to say this at sentencing, but said, since Mr. Uh, Futterfoss, you know, the defense attorney, since you asked me to go lower, 
And since you're saying all these things about your client, I feel that I need to address to you what I think about your client and why I'm not going to go lower than five months. He said, if I were to testify, if I were to sentence him today, now having sat through the trial and seen the facts of this case, I would sentence him to more. He deserves more than the five months. And he said, I presided over this trial. I saw the evidence. And had I known what I now know, I would have imposed a much greater sentence. He said, the only reason I gave him a benefit at all was because he was a veteran and a public school teacher. But having now sat through this trial, I'll tell you the one fact that I thought was really significant. He said that uh, he said that you put your wife on payroll for $6,000 a month. That was purely driven by greed so that she could contribute to Social Security and one day receive a benefit of Social Security that she would never be entitled to, and that there are millions of Americans who are sitting here worried about whether one day they're going to be able to receive Social Security. And you, with your fraud against that, is one of the reasons why the Social Security could potentially go bankrupt. And because of what I saw and because of what you did, you deserve a stiffer sentence, but I'm going to give you what I promised I would give you, which I thought was really interesting. Well, let me ask you two follow-up questions. One, do you think it was a mistake on Futter Foss, the defense lawyer's part, to try to reopen the door to uh, to invite the judge? And do you think the judge would have done it based on that on that statement if Futter Foss hadn't tried to drive down the sentence lower? I do not think the judge would have said that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it ha because he made it a point. To say, and yeah. this is a judge who doesn't grandstand. He's a very circumspect judge's judge. You know, he, he doesn't, you know, there are some judges who love to give speeches and talk. This is not those one of those judges. He he kind of says the bare minimum of what needs to be said. He doesn't go out on a limb. You know, he's, he's one of those guys who kind of doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't always look you in the eye when 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 he talks. He kind of looks down. He's 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 an understated judge. He's an excellent judge, but he's a little understated. And so for him and he specifically said the only reason I'm talking about this is because you asked me to go lower. Otherwise, he would have given him the, the promised sentence. Did he make a mistake? You know, maybe in the court of public opinion, Futterfoss made made a mistake because now that's what everyone's going to talk. I think that's what everyone's going to talk about is that the judge said you deserve more. But I'm not sure he made an I mean, there was no mistake in the sense that he didn't get anything less. And if he had a one percent chance to get him less, I, I think he kind of have to, you know, plus, look, I'm sure Weisselberg said to him, please ask for something lower. For sure. And so he probably had to do that. So, you know, and, I, I thought all of that was really, you know, was 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 really interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. And, any. Yeah, no. And as we wrap up here, anything else that you picked up from Glean from being a sponge in the actual courtroom where the sentencing today of Alan Weiss took place. Final words. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, on Friday is the sentencing of the Trump organization, or I should say of the Trump payroll and um, and, and Trump, you know, Trump Co. Trump yeah, Inc. Trump, Trump, Trump Inc. And, and Trump payroll is on Friday. That's going to be one to watch to see very, very interesting. And and, um, you know, what the, what they are facing, what the Trump org is facing is um, and I think what the what I suspect the prosecution will be asking for is the maximum fines, which will total one point six million dollars. Uh, you know, the Trump Corporation was convicted of nine felonies and payroll was convicted of eight felonies. I think they're going to be asking for eight hundred and 
$10,000 to the Trump Corporation on uh, on the various um, on the various charges because in the tax counts you know there's a there's a particular section 1800 of the new york tax law that allows you to um, either double the unpaid taxes or get two hundred and fifty thousand. and i think they're going to ask for the two hundred and fifty thousand on each of the counts if i were them that's what i would do um and i think they're going to uh they're going to ask for the trump payroll corp you know corp to um, pay eight hundred thousand dollars um, you know, which which I think is what the max they're allowed to ask for. And I think one of the things they're going to talk about uh, at the sentencing will be that this has been going on since, you know, what came out at trial, although it was charged from back in 2005 for 13 years. They're going to, it's going to, this, this dated back into the 80s, so the 1980s. So I think, you know, it'll be sort of interesting. The, the one thing to also look for is, will they ask for a conditional discharge uh, on the Trump organization? Organization, you know, and, and a condition being, for example, that they can't do business in New York or some other thing, you know, that would really irritate, which would really irritate Donald Trump, I think, if there's any kind of condition and opposed, imposed on them other than just a fine. Karen Friedman Agdifolo in the courtroom today for the Alan Weisselberg sentencing, picking up all sorts of intel in real time. And we're reporting Alan Weisselberg sentenced to the full amount of Five months, five months and change, five months in, in Rikers Island. He'll do um, 100 days. He'll do 100 days. And um, and we'll, we will report again with the breaking news concerning the Trump Organization sentencing this coming Friday. Michael Popak, Legal AF, joined by my co-anchor, Karen Friedman Agnifilo. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.